0: The Project Upland Podcast is brought to you in part by Pine Ridge Grouse Camp. Adventure awaits. Hey, what's up everybody? Nick Larson with the Project Upland Podcast. Welcome back to the show. As always, thank you for joining us for another episode. Awesome show for you today. I'm excited to get into it. I think you're going to love it. Two quick things before we jump into today's episode. Number one, gum leaf boots. I have not mentioned them for a couple of weeks at least. But gum leaf boots available on gumleafusa.com. They are an 85% natural rubber boot come in a few different configurations, model types. I have the Viking boot and I love it. I wore it for about 90% of the grouse and woodcock hunting season this past fall. And I absolutely love the gum leaf boots. Super comfortable. And most importantly, I can literally go through anything. They're a, they're a pretty much a knee-high rubber boot. I hunt a lot of alder swamps, wet areas, and this year I happened to be super wet, so my gumleaf boots came in more handy than ever. They're awesome, super durable, super comfortable. Check them out. Use promo code PU2017. Promo code PU2017. I know it's 2018 now, but PU2017 is still our promo code and it is active and it will get you free shipping from gumleafusa.com. Check it out. Number two, and finally, before we jump into today's episode, Project Upland podcast giveaway. The final week. This is the initial giveaway. We'll do many more of these in the future, and we've got a big one coming up, but this is the final week of the initial giveaway. We have determined the prize package. It will be at least a Project Upland hat, t-shirt, and sticker coming your way to the winner. You've got one more week to enter, and you can enter the podcast in any and or all of these ways. If you've already done these things, you can do any and or all of them again, except maybe rate the podcast. I'm guessing if you left us a a rating, it probably won't allow you to do that again, but you can always drop us a review or anything like that. So You can leave a rating for the podcast wherever you're listening, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, some of the other podcatchers out there. Number two, you can subscribe to the podcast. So again, wherever you're listening, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, subscribe to the podcast. And number three, share the podcast by sharing the episode out of wherever you're listening to. Or if you see us post it on Facebook, I will post this episode. AJ will probably post this episode. If you see that, share it. We'll track those things. We'll randomly select a winner. And next week, I promise, I will give it away. I will randomly select one of the entries from the previous weeks and this next week leading up to the next episode, and I will announce a winner. I'll probably contact you beforehand if I can, and I will announce the winner on next week's show, Project Upland Swag Pack coming your way. Okay, that's it for me. Let's jump into today's episode. I had an awesome conversation with Emily Stewart of ShopCam. If you're not familiar with Shotcam, don't be alarmed. I had no idea what Shotcam was probably two or three weeks ago. I was perusing Facebook. I was in one of the Facebook groups, and I saw somebody post some really cool video footage of them shooting Upland birds, and you could tell that this camera was mounted on their gun, but it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was not like any other action camera. It was super clear. The angle was perfect. And it was a frame by frame video that that is so slow down. After doing some further research, it's it captures such good quality. You can actually, in some shots, see the pellets in the air. Super cool. So, needless to say, I wanted to find out more about it. I emailed the company. Eventually, I got into touch with Emily Stewart, who works for the company. Her and her dad, I believe, her and her dad worked to start it together. And she is director of sales and business development for ShotCam. We had an awesome conversation. We talk about her upland hunting background a little bit. She she shoots a lot of sporting clays and she's very knowledgeable about the ShotCam. So we go into all of those details. You're gonna learn a lot about ShotCam today. And I have another actually promo code. If the ShotCam piques your interest and you're interested in buying it, Emily and the good folks at ShotCam were kind enough to leave us a promo code, and that will be Project Upland all one word, Project Upland, will get you $75 off of the Shot Cam. After this episode, if you're interested, go check it out and remember the promo code. We'll mention it again at the end of the episode. Emily Stewart, welcome to the Project Upland podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you tonight?
1: Hi, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. Great. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. And uh, like I said, it's our pleasure to have you on the Project Upland podcast. So, we we didn't chat about this when you and I were doing our sort of uh, pre-show prep. Where are we talking to you from?
1: From uh, sunny South Florida. So we're in Boca Raton, Florida, Southeast Florida.
0: Wow, Florida! You're making uh, you're making me jealous a little bit. Especially cold <laughs> up here in Minnesota lately. Although it is 27 degrees today and it feels awesome. So you probably laugh at that.
1: Oh my goodness! It's about 87 here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo yeah, man, is it? This time of year is it humid down there or relatively dry?
1: I'd say it's relatively dry just compared to the summer, but it really I mean it's probably 80 degrees today. So Yeah. I'm ready. I wish it was I wish we had seasons, but <laughs> beggars it's always the grass is always greener on the other side
0: exactly yeah i am i think i'm pretty i'm pretty okay with i love the four seasons obviously i'm a big hunter so fall you know has kind of a special place in my heart especially because mm-hmm. it is so unique you know in the northern northern regions of the country but um you know yeah it's we go through two weeks of, of sub-zero temperature and i start to think hey 87 and sunny sounds pretty good too
1: <laughs> that's awesome we've got duck season and gator season those are about our only two seasons
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, now, all right. Let's just let's just we'll rewind a little bit, and we're going to start. You are you are sales and business development director at ShotCam, which is what we're going to mm-hmm. be talking all about today. Now, before we get into ShotCam and sort of how how you got to where you are now, we want to we want to go mm-hmm. back to to the beginning a little bit and talk about what led you into the shooting sports and into now obviously the shooting and and hunting industry Mm -hmm. so let let's start with you mentioned to me that you have done some upland hunting so talk about talk about how you got started in all this and how your dad was a mentor and he sort of led you into hunting and shooting sports
1: yeah so we so my parents are from scotland um born and raised in scotland and um As we mentioned, so my dad is the inventor of ShotCam. He was uh, just totally passionate about hunting growing up. He was, he lived on a farm and his dad hired him to uh, control the vermin on the farm. Uh, So he grew up shooting the rabbits and other vermin on the farm um, because they were eating the barley that was needed to make the whiskey. Um, So he loved hunting. He thinks that it's such a... Quintessential sport to building character, learning gun safety, um, appreciating nature. Hewis says that anyone who thinks that hunting is bad uh, is actually has it completely wrong. So it's such a good, healthy, wholesome sport, both for us and for the ecosystem. Um, so we used we grew up shooting, you know, probably twice a month or something we would get duck permits so he's I'm one of six kids so he would apply us all to get duck permits and we kind of took rotations on who would go out <laughs> hunting um and then every year we would go on a big pheasant hunt in Scotland uh that's my favorite time of the year is that pheasant hunt um one of the driven hunts that we do there so loved hunting uh I myself am I actually played volleyball through college so I'm uh, super competitive and so for me sporting clays is i just love outscoring myself uh the challenge of competing you know week in and week out with that i like that there's you can take a break and you can go in where there's ac uh so you don't have that privilege <laughs> when hunting <laughs> so yeah so sporting clays is my thing uh my dad just lives and breathes hunting so he's Totally passionate about that but of course he when it's off season he's shooting sporting clays every weekend to train for hunting uh so to train on those different targets
0: awesome that's that's so cool you're you're i i you know i i sort of prefaced myself a little bit and just in chatting with you and and doing a little research on shot cam but i i did not know that uh your parents are from scotland that's awesome uh mm-hmm. my, my uh my wife actually has her family has, you know, Scottish, Scottish ancestry. And so I, you mentioned the driven pheasant shoot. I've always, uh, I always, I kind of want to do that because I think it would be an easy sell to my wife to go to Scotland and <laughs> she would she would be happy with the trip over to Scotland. Then I could do some hunting. That'd be cool. So I'll have to talk um, to you if I ever try okay. to set that up.
1: Oh, it's, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, we go yearly up there and it's, it's just even hearing the accents of, of uh, everyone that's up there and how they call their dogs and just everything is hysterical. It's hard not to laugh. And they're all drinking whiskey to stay warm. It's just very <laughs> Scottish.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, so when? what time of year do you go to do that trip?
1: Um, we do that every Christmas. So we go back to see all of our extended family, family which is over there and then um my dad has a connection with one of the beaters that runs the hunt so uh that's how we get in with that so probably decemberish oops, sometimes early january but right around that time when it's freezing
0: sure yeah cool okay so so yeah what i guess i've never i've never done a driven pheasant shoot what just mm-hmm. kind of before we dive into shot camp talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that like what's what's that like
1: um Man, I love it. So we take four wheelers. We go out. They've got forests that obviously they breed the pheasants, and uh, the beaters come in. There's probably eight beaters with all their dogs, and they kind of set us up around the forest. So uh, they'll set us all apart, facing the same, the fa- facing the same direction, and then. They'll give us a text saying, "Okay, are you guys ready?" And then they just start one end of the forest. They drive them up over us, and so it's just a lot of incomers uh, straight at us, and it's a blast. Um, I wish it lasted longer, but the fun thing about it is that you can guarantee that you're going to get a bunch of shots every time they say, "Ready, set, go." Um, so it's kind of we're kind of spoiled in that way.
0: Yeah, sure. No, that's that's really interesting. I've, I've you know I've heard a little bit about it. Um, never done it myself. And if you probably, you know, if you, if you grew up maybe sort of, uh, out your back door wing shooting, Mm -hmm. you know, you can still do that a little bit in, in, in the, in the States you know, something like a driven pheasant shoot might sound kind of foreign to you as I guess, I guess it literally it is. Uh, but it's just a, just different sort of, you know, cultural, cultural aspect of Mm -hmm. it. And, and that's sort of it's tradition there. I I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Absolutely.
0: Cool. So, all right. So, so you've done, you've done that. You've done some hunting in Scotland. That's pretty cool. Now. And I think you mentioned you have done a little bit of uh, quail hunting in, in, in Florida. What would that be?
1: Yeah. So there's, um, there's about an hour and a half North of us. There's uh, quail Creek plantation. So um, we've done some quail hunting there. We typically end up just staying around here doing duck hunting, but there is a really 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 nice club up there where you can do um, a, a very similar driven quail hunt.
0: Okay, cool. So so we've sort of we sort of set the foundation now in that obviously your father was a hunter and that's that's actually one thing we always like to ask people is who was their mentor into hunting mm-hmm. and, it, and it sounds like obviously your father was a big influence on you and personally I consider I consider you and I to be one of the lucky ones in that, you know, our father, our mother, our family got us into hunting because there's so many people out there that don't have that immediate connection. And those are really the people that, you know, we hope to reach out to, in on avenues like the project upland podcast and everything else that project upland does that you know we were lucky we had a we had an easy into hunting and shooting sports but not everybody has that so so your father was obviously an an influence and and that led to shooting and sporting plays which ultimately Mm -hmm. led to the shot cam so let's just dive Mm -hmm. into it emily tell us what the shot cam is
1: yeah that's such a good question um so It's such a novel, uh, it's a brand new thing. So it's hard for me to even find a short description of what the shotgun is. In layman's term, it's a camera that goes on your gun. It has a crosshair um, that is aligned to your point of aim. So it's a camera that automatically records every shot. And then what it does is it's designed to replicate exactly how the eye perceives motion, distance, and it also then shows you exactly where your point of aim was. Um, so it's a super high-tech camera designed for the sole purpose of being mounted to a shotgun and and training shooters on how to improve their move. Um, so with obviously with the with shotgun shooting, the whole thing is leading the bird, uh, matching the speed of the target, you can't, unless you're shooting, um, you know, a direct incomer or outgoing bird, in which case you could probably get away with rifling the bird. Everything else is requiring lead. Uh, but the concept of leading the bird, but never looking at your barrel is a super tricky hard, tricky thing to teach someone because they'll say, well, I think, you know, I think I was leading the bird, three feet, so I still don't know why I missed. Was I in front or was I behind? And so what the shot cam allows you to do is you can actually uh, slow down the videos frame by frame. You can see all the tiny little nuances of your moves. So were you actually matching the speed of the bird? Or right before you pull the trigger, do you see all of a sudden collapsing lead in your videos? In which case that indicates that you looked at the beat of the gun to measure the lead. And so you're gonna miss behind. Um, So with the shot cam, you can even slow it down. You can see your pellets, which is kind of a fun factor um, of watching your shot cam videos is seeing that pattern and seeing it hit the bird. Um, But, yeah, again, so the shotgun, the camera is, people say, well, is it like a GoPro on a shotgun? Kind of in that they're both cameras, but very different in the way that the camera processes the target speed, everything to do with the shot cam is very unique to shotgun shooting.
0: yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the GoPro thing. I've got one sitting here on my desk because i it was I had it as a reminder because I wanted to ask you about that and hmm. this is not this is not to to pick on GoPro or anything, but you actually have a video that I've seen where you clearly you illustrate the differences in, in how the shot cam is different than the GoPro. Mm-hmm. And I found that very cool. And we'll, we'll kind of direct people to that, but I might ask you a couple questions, but I got to rewind yeah. to something you said. Um, you said in a specific example, you could get away with rifling the bird and mm-hmm. I'm curious. What exactly did you mean by that? Just do you mean aiming at the bird, like looking at the bead of your shotgun?
1: Exactly. So with an incomer, it's so hard To not do, you know, aim directly at it and make, you know, check with your eyes that the beat is on the bird and then pull the trigger. So you can basically, the pattern allows um, enough grace that you can aim right at it and the bird is gonna be in the pattern. But with crossing, quartering, all those other targets, you're just kind of, the shotgun just kind of has to be way in front and your eyes need to be solely looking at the bird. Anytime your eyes go to the barrel, your barrel stops. And so you can see that in the shot cam videos. Uh, And so that's the main frustration of shooters is with those crossing targets, they don't know why they missed. Um, And again, typically you can just aim at an incoming or outgoing target and that's pretty easy. So it's, it's predominantly those, whether it's quartering, crossing, Um, I know that Shondells are obviously sporting clay targets, but Shondells are super, super tricky because of how your brain mirrors the the rising arch of the bird or of the target. Um, So you will see your ShotKin videos, you'll see how the crosshair goes up with the rising arch of the Shondells, and then your brain automatically thinks that the falling target is going to be on that same line but what happens is with the chandelle is it rises and then it turns into a hard crosser, um, which would be more like a bird. You know, it rises and then crosses. And so with those, you can't, you absolutely cannot look at the barrel, otherwise you're going to stop and you're you're going to measure exactly the lead and that.
0: All right, so we we're talking about how the shot cam functions, but I wanna I wanna go back to. Because this is an audio platform, I want to go back to sort of so people can visualize this thing as if they haven't seen it yet. They're in their cars, they're driving, they're listening to this. Now yep. the shot cam, it 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 it's sort of a barrel-like uh, camera. It's tubular, mm-hmm. I guess, short, mm-hmm. and yep. it it attaches underneath the barrel. The the yep. main attachment being a single barrel. So whether you've got an over-under or a single barrel like a pump or a semi-auto, right?
1: Mm-hmm. exactly exactly so it's like that it's a cylinder that comes with it's an aluminum cylinder that comes with a bracket that just kind of clamps onto that bottom barrel exactly like you're talking about
0: and personally i was very curious to find out if you had something for it to fit on a side-by-side shotgun Is that's what i have and i looked and in fact you do have it for mm-hmm. a side-by-side uh Talk about gauges. It's not available for anything and everything, but talk about what we can attach this to as far as what you have right now.
1: Yeah. So um, my dad was grew up with a 12 gauge side by side. So that was one of the very first ones that we did. But so it comes yeah. with the shot cam comes with a 12 gauge. So that would be any single barrel like you're talking about, whether it's an over and under or a uh, you know, a pump or a semi-auto. So it clamps onto that bottom barrel. We have also we've got the 20 gauge, the 28, 410, and the 12 gauge side by side. So we have all those mounts available.
0: Okay, cool. So you just need to come up with a 16 gauge side by side. That's what I
1: need. That one? Yes. So that is so interesting. Wait, that's once in a blue moon we'll get that question. Um, and so yeah, that's so funny. The 20 gauge does fit the 16 gauge normally.
0: No way. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. That's, that's obviously good to know. Um, okay. We've
1: had people with 10 gauges as well.
0: (laughs) Ah, and will the 12 gauge stretch to fit the 10?
1: The 12 gauge does fit to stretch the 10 exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So that's, that's cool. Adds, adds a little bit of versatility. And, you know, I understand from a manufacturer standpoint, it's obviously going to be, you know, it'd be tough to fill in all the blanks and make, make this thing available for every single gun but it sounds like you pretty much have it covered for the most part
1: yeah if someone had you know people will have a 20 gauge side by side so we can make custom brackets. everything is made in the usa so um our machinist is just an hour north of us and makes drills everything out of it starts with a, a long aluminum extrusion that then gets drilled down so whether it gets turned into a 12 gauge or a 410 all that's done just an hour north of here so we can pretty much make anything that that's needed
0: well that is helpful to know and that's exactly the kind of stuff that we want people to know about the shot camp. so that's very cool so if you if you have something you're not sure if, if they if they offer it sounds like pretty pretty available to to do some custom work so so don't hesitate to call and ask right exactly exactly Cool. All right, so let's let's talk about. We mentioned the GoPro earlier, and this doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. We don't need to talk about GoPro, but let's say somebody has an action camera of any mm-hmm. any type. Let's say they let's say maybe they tried to attach it to their barrel, and they did not have the greatest results. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Talk about some of those differences that you explained in the video that I saw, where the shot cam differs from mm-hmm. other action cameras because there are a few, and they they're critical.
1: Yeah. Um, which we, I mean, the GoPro is an awesome camera, so no one, yeah, we definitely think that for whether you're capturing, your surfing or you're snowboarding, whatever, it's an awesome camera. It's just not designed for the environment of the force of a recoil. So yeah. Correct. So the shot cam, um, it works with, so it clamps onto the bottom barrel, um, using a So it's a patented bracket as well. And what it does is, so when you pull the trigger and those pellets are going through your barrel, there's a thousand Gs of force in every direction around the barrel. So it's a very violent, violent environment to try to clamp something onto. So if you clamp a GoPro onto that, what happens is it ends up flipping backwards. Um, And so there has to be a way to control that force, break it all the way down so that what's actually going through the camera not only is stable, but is also, um, you can still record video through that environment. So the shot cam has, it's, it's called an accelerometer. So what that's doing is the camera is constantly recording forces. It's registering forces to determine what is you closing the action and what is you actually taking a shot. So when you are hunting, what you're gonna do is you would just turn the camera on And then after 60 seconds, it would go into sleep mode. And then as soon as you see a bird, because you're typically standing with a loaded shotgun and the camera doesn't have that closing of the action to signal to start recording, what you do is you just bump it with the heel of your hand. So you bump the stock of your gun with the heel of your hand and it really requires a pretty light tap. But you just bump it and that will automatically start a 60 second recording. So then it's recording 60 seconds, but what it's doing is it's putting those 60 seconds in what's called a memory buffer, and the memory buffer is temporarily holding that video. And then what happens when it feels a recoil is then the camera says, okay, that was a recoil. I need to take the chunk of video from before and after that force and save that to the memory card. So it's, it's kind of clocking that first recoil And then what it does when it's in the hunting mode is it waits nine seconds to see if there's going to be a second shot because typically you're taking two or three shots at a time, hopefully not at the same bird, but you're taking two or three shots (laughs) and it's clocking all of those. And then it waits until there's no more recoils for nine seconds, which nine seconds is actually a really long time. But once there's no more recoils, it ends the video. And then what it does is it slows it down into one-third speed, which is actually how your eye perceives motion. So the camera's recording in full HD by 100 frames per second, but when it saves it to the memory card, it takes out the same angle of view as your eye, which is 18 degrees, and then it slows it down to one-third speed, which is how your eye perceives motion. So, it's kind of doing this whole editing process and the shooter can just, you know, continue on. You can reload, you can keep shooting. You don't have to wait for it to save the video, but it's filtering out video, what's video, what's not video, slowing it down so that at the end of the day, or even at the end of, say, you're going from one, I guess you're not talking about driven hunts, but for me, so when we're going from one forest to the next, we can uh, see all the videos, t- their time and date stamped on our on our phones, and so you just connect your phone to the ShotCam's Wi-Fi, and you can be in the middle of nowhere to do this. So you just connect through the Wi-Fi, and then you can download the shots and then you can see them right there on your phone. So it's it's a really fun experience. It doesn't only help, of course it helps your shooting, but it's also just fun to capture to capture and relive all your shots right then and there.
0: Yeah, I, you touched on a lot there and, and it was, I was, I was, he's kind of leading into some of my next questions and, and that's really the, the, there's, it's so obvious that, that this camera was developed with the shooter and hunter in mind because there's so much innovation behind it and inside of it that eliminates a lot of the pain points. Because the next question I was going to ask is, say you strap strap an action camera onto your shotgun. Well, the next question you have to ask yourself is, do I want to run this the whole time? Do I have to worry about battery life? Do I have to worry about memory cards? Then Mm -hmm. when I'm done, I have to get home. I have to plug this into my computer. I have to edit footage and go through and scroll through. And a lot of people, that's big enough pain point. I've got a GoPro and I I rarely use it. I'm I'm trying to do it more just because I want to, but I rarely use it because Mm -hmm. I'm not a video editor and I don't know that I want to break down that barrier. The shot cam, like you described, does all of that right there. And I can go through for a spin through the woods. Maybe if I'm lucky, shoot at a couple birds, get back to my Mm -hmm. truck. And when I'm going to go to the next spot, I can, I can pull up my phone and check out the shots that I made, missed, whatever happened. I mean, talk about how, how cool is that? That's awesome.
1: It is. It's so fun. I know that I'm biased, but I think it's just a really cool tool. Um, And even, you know, we've, we've seen where, like, for example, one of them, my brother and I both claimed the same duck and he was like, no, you know, M, I shot it. I was like, Xander, I promise you, I shot it. And we (laughs) slowed it down and we actually caught his pellet on my video and it was incredible. So we could even see his shot and on this one, I humbly can say that I actually was right. But normally he's the the better (laughs) shot, but (laughs) on this one I lucked out. Um, But even that, you know, when you're disputing birds, it's just, it's just fun.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's an entire, you know, sort of different aspect of things. And, and for a lot of people, yeah, probably taking the mystery out of it might, uh, might be a detriment, but, but it's still funny. We've got
1: banded, banded birds on video. I mean, those are awesome to see. You can just see them landing. You can literally see the band on their, on their foot. It's super cool.
0: Yeah, and and so you mentioned the camera. It's doing it's doing full HD and it's and 100 mm-hmm. frames a sec, 100 frames per second. If you if people don't know, I, I mean that's 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 solid for for slowing things down. Yeah, exactly. and and I've seen some of the I've seen some of the videos where you actually can see the pellets. You know, you mm-hmm. you pretty much see the pellets in one frame, and then the next frame the clay is either dust or okay. the clay is sailing away, and it's it's really <laughs> really cool to see.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It is it's super fun. So there's there's options. There's even you can uh, people sometimes say like, "Well, can I adjust the the um 18 degree field of view?" And the answer is no, but we do. We've got two options. So you can either do full HD at 100 frames per second or you can do 720p at 180 frames per second. So typically typically bow hunters use that uh, because they like to slow it down they can see the the oscillation of the arrow. It's super cool. But so they'll want a really high frame rate. Typically, hunters and clay shooters just want a beautiful video. So they would use that that full HD option.
0: Wow, that's cool. I, I did not know that it that it applied to is it a is it a different unit that goes on a bow or is it just a different mount?
1: It's just a different mount. So you remove the stabilizer on your bow and then you put our uh, mount onto it and then you can just you're ready to go you just choose the bow setting so whatever whatever target you're shooting at so if you were shooting flying birds and you just select that flying bird setting and you choose your gun type so you'll you'll choose break action and flying birds you can edit or you can customize the playback speed the recording time everything but typically if you just select flying birds and your gun type, then the camera will automatically know to save a much longer recording than when you're clay shooting. Um, if you go shooting ground game, then it's a super, super long recording. But So you just tap on whatever you're shooting at, and then the camera will know how long to record for. Awesome. And that goes with, that goes with bow hunting. Sorry, cut you off. That goes with bow hunting as well. So you would just select that bow, and then it knows to look for much different forces. So the X, Y, and Z force of the bow is obviously going to be very different from the shotgun. So it knows it, yeah, it sorts all of that out.
0: Wow, again, yeah, back back to back to the innovation that's built into the shot cam. It's it's really cool. And you know, this is not a this is not a bow hunting podcast, but I'm sure that we have bow hunters listening to this podcast. Yeah. That's that's another really cool application. So you buy one shot cam and if you want to use it for shotgunning, you have one mount. And if you want to use it for you wanna use it for bow hunting, you just buy a different mount. That's really cool.
1: Exactly. Well, thanks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, well, well done, well done with the shotgun. I, it, it certainly, you know, I, I had never heard of it. This was it was a couple of weeks ago when I started talking to you. I'd never heard of it. I was on a Facebook group, one of the Facebook bird hunting groups, and somebody had posted. A video, or I think it was it was either a video or just a screenshot of of some. I, I think he was shooting at quail, and he he mentioned the shot cam and said he had been experimenting with it in the field to work on a shooting, and he was really happy with it. And the the still images or the video, I, like I said, I can't remember whatever I saw it was so impressive. I just it was it had the crosshair on it, and it had the quail flushing, mm-hmm. and it was just so cool. I I had to look it up right away, and I contacted. Contacted you guys right away, and you got back to me, and you know here we are on the podcast. But yeah, it's it, when when did when did you start selling these?
1: Um, so we started in two thousand, late two thousand eleven. So the first model um, was launched late two thousand eleven, and then we sold that one through twenty fourteen, and then we launched a model with Wi Fi in twenty sixteen and then just launched this new model a few months ago. So this is a 2018 model. So uh, everyone just wants faster Wi-Fi because they're trying to download them more quickly in the field and then improve battery life. Um, So this one has full HD as well. And then the MP4 video format. So what you were talking about earlier with no one wants to edit um, back in 2016 when we launched that last model, there was only, there was only one way to stitch together video during the recoil, and that was in what was called AVI format. Um, And so we have found a way now to do an MP4 format. So it just means that now you can literally go shoot, download it onto your phone, and while you're still in the middle of nowhere, you can upload it to social media, or you don't need to edit anything. It's already in all the right formats. Um, And we think the videos are pretty nice
0: <laughs> yeah no they, they look they look good I, there's a there's a bunch of them on you have your own youtube channel i think and and i watched yeah. watched some of the videos of, of clay shooting and and uh, there's some there's some duck shooting videos and yeah it's it's really really cool and like i said if you you know this is something you mentioned right away that we didn't talk about much but i think and i wanted to ask you if you had received any formal wing shooting schooling or training, but I think a lot of us, a lot of us wing shooters, we sort of just develop it by hunting over the course of time. You know, there's a lot of people out there without any sort of formal instruction. And if you have had that, you still are left, like you mentioned, scratching your head sometimes thinking, Mm -hmm. gosh, I thought that felt good. It felt right. I thought I did everything right. And to have the ability to go back instantaneous feedback, instantaneous Mm -hmm. feedback. So you can connect, you know, this isn't, this isn't waiting until the next bird you shot, where maybe you got way ahead of it and you, you killed it. And then you say, Oh wow. Now I realize I was so far behind that other bird. Mm -hmm. You know, in a situation like this, you have that instantaneous feedback where you can look and say, yes, I was clearly behind this or under it. It's, it's really I think kind of a revolutionary, Uh, tool for for getting that feedback uh, in our wing shooting
1: oh absolutely um and people so it's a it's a costly camera so the people often say you know why is it so much more expensive than a GoPro? um but just the technology that goes into it and it was really important for us for it to be made in the usa so that's bringing everything you know in the country was super, super costly. Um, what were you just, you were mentioning something that triggered a thought. I can't remember now.
0: Yes, I, I, I've got, it. I wanted to ask you, have you, have you had formal, formal shooting training, schooling, you know, how have you developed uh, as a sporting clays shooter over the years?
1: Um, well, I've kind of lucked out with working with shot cam. So I've, not had wing shooting training like you're talking about, but I've thankfully had a lot of training from incredible instructors. Um, sure. So we work closely with uh, Gil Ash or uh, Don Curry, Chris Batha, those guys. Um, I wish that I could say that I've seen George Digweed from across the from across the room, but he's the most meddled athlete of any sport of all time. And he uses the shotgun. So, but I've never worked with him, unfortunately. Uh, my dad has, but so no formal wing shooting like you're talking about, um, but just kind of worked with a ton of sporting clay instructors.
0: Cool. Okay. So let's, let's, let's dig into a li- that a little bit if we can, just given the fact that you've had this incredible opportunity to sort of, to sort of work with some of these, you know, extremely skilled shooters. What are, what are some either some of the things that they've told you are common problems or, things that that they end up fixing or or have you've learned from them or maybe even something that you struggled you know are there any things that jump to mind that that you know might apply to the everyday wing shooter like geez I can't believe I've been doing that
1: that's a really good question um, I think at the beginning I was always taught if you don't know if in doubt double the lead so I kind of got sick of hearing that because I felt like I was leading them you know, bus, a bus length ahead of some of the really hard hard crossers. Um, but it's really true. When you watch your shot cam videos, you can't believe the lead that some of the birds take. Um, for me, the main thing that has just been harped on is matching the speed of the bird. So I know that with, with bird hunting, a lot of people are doing the swing-through method. Um, that's typically... More bird hunting than boarding clay. So, my we just train on sustained lead continually. So, matching the speed of the bird, and then as soon as so, pulling the trigger within half a second of it, what they call kissing your cheek. So, you're not riding that bird at all. You're just because the longer that is in your cheek, the more likely you are to look down at your barrel. So, you match the speed of the bird, let it quote unquote kiss your cheek, you know, and pull it up and then pull within half a second. So, Kind of letting, it's just been, let your instincts do all of the work. Don't, my dad always relates it to throwing a ball. So if you were throwing a ball to someone, or if you were catching a ball, if you're playing tennis and you're catching a ball, you don't look at your hand. So you just look at the ball and then you know where your hand is and you just grab that ball. So it's the same thing with clay or any shooting. You look at the clay and then you just got to trust your instincts and knowing where the barrel is and where that correct lead is. So just look, see that measure that speed of the bird, measure the line of the target, and then send the shot right away.
0: Yeah, that's that's stuff that's that's so critical for for athletic movements. Which which mounting a shotgun and, and firing on a on a bird is is certainly an athletic movement, and and like you said, it, it has to be instinctual. If you're thinking oh, so- about you don't think about planting the butt on your shoulder and getting it to your cheek and, and there's a lot of people you, know, you shouldn't do that anyways your your gun should be going to your cheek and your it just basically lands on your shoulder as a result of that mount mm-hmm. but it has it has to be instinctual but then when things go wrong uh, oftentimes we are left scratching our head so again we go back to the shot cam and the ability mm-hmm. to see where you know often you can you can see where your pellets were you could probably in certain shots, see your pellets go flying by behind the bird. I mean, it's unbelievable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, we, I had to do the laser drill. So I'm sure you're familiar with this, but uh, putting a laser in the barrel and then just practicing that mount. So picturing, starting with the laser in your shotgun barrel pointed at the corner of a room, and then you have to pretend like a bird is coming, you know, across where the wall meets the ceiling and you just, pretend like a bird is coming and you mount that follow that ridge between the wall and the ceiling and then mount it to your face and then work on what's called teeter-tottering so making sure that that laser beam isn't moving up and down and up and down as you're mounting so that smooth mount is it's critical to practice that over and over you'll see it in the shot camp videos but just practicing that avoiding the teeter-totter at home is super important as well
0: I have heard of that drill. That's, that's, that's a great one. Great one to point out. Now this is, so we've we've determined that the shotgun has been out for a while and it's, it's, it's in continual development and I, I'm sure that it will continue to improve and, and innovate as it has. What, what is some of the feedback that you've received, you know, maybe, maybe of some of the, the most recent model or what are you starting to hear from upland hunters in, into how they're how they're applying to this
1: oh We mostly we get awesome feedback um so people just saying that they love mostly it's we get the feedback that it's just so fun to watch their videos over and over again um, to be totally transparent something that we definitely need to work on i think every technology company needs to work on is a battery that last longer. longer. I mean, ours right now is lasting five hours when you're hunting. So we typically say you can go out shooting and then when you maybe take a break for lunch, you just plug it into your car outlet and you can charge it that way. Uh, But some of these guys are out for hours and hours and hours and hours. So that's something that's improving the battery life is probably the thing that we're working towards the most. It's really tricky to have a battery that can sustain recoil um, and be rechargeable and last. We'd love for it to last, you know, eight hours, a full day when they go out hunting. Um, but I mean, most guys will say it's they wish that it was eight hours, but five hours is more than enough. They'll stop at some point, and grab a bite to eat, and they can just charge it in their car. Um, but general feedback would just be I mean, right now we, we, have posted some things on social media just saying, Hey, if you want to send us in your video, then we'd love to share it. And one guy today shared a thousand dove hunting videos from Argentina and he was like, I just love it. He had nothing to say about his shooting technique. He just said, I love it. And look what I've done. <laughs> um, so We love that though. We just want people to, at the end of the day, we want you to love the sport as much as possible. Um, and we kind of have this this tool that no one, like you said, a lot of people don't know about yet. Um, so it's our job, as Steve Jobs says, people don't know what they want, you got to show them. So our goal is to just show us, show people, hey, this is a tool that makes it even more fun. Um, and just get your grandkids out, teach them, have fun, let it just be as, we want to lower the frustration of shooting at the end of the day
0: yeah you certainly certainly caught my attention with with some of the information and the material that you have out there and and I think again've we've, we've touched on it a few times but but it's really one of the first things that that I've seen where where we can sort of take it take things into our own hands and get mm-hmm. get instant feedback on the shots because we talked a little bit about shooting training I haven't I have not done that personally but what I know of it is you essentially you have, A professional coach kind of standing over your shoulder kinda of doing what the what the shot cam is doing. Now, obviously nothing's going to replace the actual instruction and the coaching yeah, that he definitely. that he or she gives you, but he's watching over your shoulder to see where you miss that bird. So so this this allows us to sort of DIY that a little bit and get that get mm-hmm. that information and get that feedback and and like you said, hopefully hopefully become a better shooter which will ultimately allow us to enjoy more success in the field, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So we definitely say having an instructor an instructor to interpret the videos um, is super essential as well. So, you know, you can have a video and you're like, I still don't know, there's not collapsing lead, I was on the line of the bird, still not sure. That's where, you know, a an instructor would come along, he would talk about gun fit, he would have you going to a patterning board, or just working on the canting of your gun if your if your videos are at a slant, um, or just you know, all the general techniques that come with shooting that if you watch a video and you still aren't sure, then pairing it with an instructor is, I'd say that probably a quarter of our, of our customers are instructors. So they use it to help people understand what they're explaining. So they're, you know, again, when they're saying you need to lead the bird, people don't believe it until they see it. Um, and so, Instructors just use the shot cam as a tool to convey exactly the message that they're talking about.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I was I was just going to ask. You must have pretty good buy in from, from shooting coaches and shooting instructors because it would make total sense for them to to have a shot cam and have, you know, a couple of different mounts for whoever whoever they're instructing that day and an iPad or whatever you have there. And
1: exactly. Boom,
0: they, can, they can sort of illustrate and help 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 the student visualize exactly what's going on. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. And no exactly we've got a lot of instructors who have who run four H clubs or Um, who are getting one camera and they're sharing it, you know, amongst 25 students. And that's not a problem as long as you're going from the same gun type to the same gun type. So as long as you're going from a 12-gauge break action to another 12-gauge break action, you just transfer that camera between gun barrels, and you don't need to realign the reticle, which, again, is that crosshair. You can just mount it eight inches back from the muzzle on every gun, and you mount it, and you're ready to go.
0: Cool. Okay. So we, we have a pretty good idea of what the shot cam is. You talked a little bit about the, the battery life in that, you know, again, like anything technology wise, mm-hmm. sure. We'd love a, we'd love a battery that lasted forever, but, but right. what one thing, one thing that I've come to realize is battery life, you know, it gets better every day. So, so if something is a, something is a pain point for you now, it, it will likely improve in the future. And I don't see that changing, but what else, if if anything that you can share with us today is sort of on the horizon or in development at ShotCam? Because you obviously have some cool products, and and I would expect uh, that to continue in the future.
1: Yeah. So our most recent one being the rail model of ShotCam. So we had we have people who have shotguns and handguns, and they wanted something to be able to analyze their trigger pull with their handguns. So We just launched uh, this new model, this new rail model. It's lighter and smaller. So it's designed specifically for a handgun rail. Um, So it can't be mounted to a shotgun because the shotgun barrel gets, again, the vibrations are very different and it gets super hot. So the shotgun model has to be aluminum. um, And so that weighs 5.5 ounces. Whereas this new rail model has, it's built with, um, the, the exterior is a form of plastic. Um, so it's lighter. That's the one that's now going on handguns. Um, but on the horizon, I mean, there are things I I know it's my dad who's the, the owner and inventor. I think he's a complete genius. He'll, he'll tell me his (laughs) new ideas and it's mind boggling that, you know, we're sitting at dinner and he's coming up with these ideas. Um, so a lot of them, so we'll be launching a new model every two years. He works two years in advance. So he's working right now on the 2020 model, uh, which unfortunately we cannot disclose some of those things, but it,
0: <laughs>
1: it's crazy. I mean, just what can be done with the camera and how shooters can improve. So, um, a glimpse into that, which without going into details would just be uh, being able to measure um, heart rate and breathing, uh, which would be incredible for that. Would be for if you're if you're shooting ground game and you're working with a very very, if you're working with your rifle and there's very small room for error, um, you're going to want to pull the trigger between between your breathing. So that would be what's on the horizon. Um, and more details of that would be to come.
0: <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Well, that's that's you know that there's the gap there is not that hard for me to close in my mind. I'm looking at a Garmin watch on my wrist right now that measures my heart rate and yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're we're talking technology here. So as as I think most people know, it, it grows exponentially and and I am personally am really fascinated into how the technology advancements in the market in general, how they, Mm -hmm. how they get applied to obviously upland hunting because it's a passion of mine and and this is one of them. So that's cool. And and, you know, you mentioned a quote or you mentioned Steve jobs earlier and, and you had, Sent to me in an email that your dad actually worked with Steve Jobs for a little while, so it's it's easy to see that your your dad's a really smart guy. He's a neat guy, and and he's you know his head is in the right place as far as I'm concerned with with hunting, and and he sounds very well rounded. And I appreciate what he's doing, and and what both of you are doing. I think this is this is cool stuff.
1: Well, thank you so much. That's so kind. Yeah, know his background. So it was electronic industry. It was electronics industries where he started, and then it's kind of cool that, yeah, he worked with Steve Jobs, Um, they were, I think it was called the SCSI drive, or something to do with a hard drive on a computer, but uh, they worked together doing that, which is, he says it in such a blasé way, Um, and as I said, he grew up in Scotland, so he sounds like Shrek, so I didn't get the (laughs) accent, but (laughs) he just says, oh yeah, I worked with Steve Jobs, Um, and then he also worked with laser targeting systems. So he, um, which there's a famous general Schwartzov was on CNN and he talked about, he was like, Oh, here's a laser. It's on a bridge and they actually pulled the trigger and the bridge blew up. And that laser was, it was an all new idea. And so that was actually his laser. So it's kind of interesting that he's paired. His background in you know working with Steve Jobs and the electronics, plus the laser targeting system, which is so similar to how the reticle in our videos is actually aligned. Um, so he's kind of combined all these years of random jobs to to pull it all together and make the shot cam,
0: yeah, that's really cool. i think I think like all like all great innovators, their their experience is not. Pigeonholed into one category, and your dad is he yeah. has a broad broad experience, and he sort of weaves all that together and can can formulate an idea like the shot cam. Yeah, very cool. So, all right, where where can people find out more about shot cam? We told them all about it, but I know they're going to want to go click away and, and do some more research. So, where can they do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh dot com. Uh, so shotcam is S H O T K A M. Um, and just kind of fun facts. So originally, my dad wanted to name it the XanCam. So we've got one brother. One of my brothers is called Xander, and one of them is called Cameron. So originally, it was going to be a ZanCam, uh, but then he didn't think that was that was obvious enough. So it's ShotCam, ShotCam with a K. Um, but ShotCam.com is our website. You can check it out on your mobile device or desktop. Um, and we created a discount code for your listeners. So Project Upland, spell all one word, will get you $75 off your Shot Cam. um So you can enter that discount code again, Project Upland, just one word, and that'll get you $75 off.
0: There you have it, listeners, uh, $75 off a ShotCam purchase. Thank you to Emily and the good people at ShotCam. Emily, <laughs> this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast, and it sounds like we've got another another shot camp coming in 2020. So we'll have to have you back on and talk
1: all about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome.
0: Yep, yeah, it's my pleasure, Emily. Take care and have a great
1: night. Likewise, take care. Bye bye.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Nick Larson with the Project Upland Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We seriously hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, this was brought to you by Pine Ridge Grouse Camp. Don't forget to leave this podcast a rating, review the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and share the podcast for your chance to win the Project Upland podcast giveaway. That's all for me. I'm out. Have a good one.